old man stood, said sang of his life, let sang of his life, let sang of his life, all of his might against terror and strife, let sang of his light. Welcome to the fifth episode of the Chrome Polish webcast. And I am dedicating today's episode to Tim Smith of Cardiacs. Sadly missed and uh, somebody who, I guess, influenced me since I was at school. Um, grew me up musically and an absolute genius somebody who is impossible to describe his music the band the the theater everything everything about cardiacs was impossible to describe you could really only show it to people and tim smith did some amazing things to my brain um nobody else could really have had that effect not fully uh, because he encompassed everything he encompassed music he encompassed theater words the way that he used words was unbelievable if you haven't heard any cardiacs please go and find them um i'm going to recommend listening to the album on land and in the sea first as a sort of an introduction because that's where I started with them and uh yeah just really dive in uh, in fact one of their songs is called dive and it's wonderful all of them are wonderful rip tim smith sleep with the snakes and i will remember you and everything you did forever as pretty much everybody who's ever heard cardiacs would repeat Anyway, uh as I said, today's episode is dedicated to Tim and uh we're going to start off with a beautiful piece of uh drama. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> and this is uh, something which I've been working on with uh, the incredible comedian um, Elizabeth Vanterblack. Uh, I hope you enjoy this. It uh, took quite a lot of work. And um, uh, yeah, goth away. sending it over. I was expecting a daft, um, a written script. Well, yes. Yes, I, I see you've recorded it. Yes, with sound effects. Well, thank you. Yes, I shall have a listen. I must admit I'm excited to hear what you've done with the idea of a wolf in sheep's clothing. Yes, yes, I'll listen to it now. It's a cold night. Come inside. Take a seat and warm yourself by the fire. I hope you are keeping in fine fettle and the weather has not been too hard. How are your family? Staying safe, I hope. Yes, yes, I have a tale to tell you. A cautionary tale, written by a curious traveller. A tale for a night like this, when the wind blows in from the moors, rattling the doors and latches. A night where the moon is bright, and the ground is brittle. A night where bogeymen Boggarts and Beelzebub himself walk about in their best trousers. A night where... <clears throat> well, I digress. The story takes place in the far north of England, in a small village along the River Eden. A village now sparsely populated where people spend winter evenings in their homes, by their own hearths. A village where long ago they learned never to walk abroad on a full moon. This is a tale of a creature with sharp claws and fearsome jaws. A creature with coarse gray hair and glowing red eyes. A carnivore the size of a cow with breath like a mortuary. After you have heard this tale, you will not wish to walk home alone. You will stick to the path and you will always be very wary of the moon. You will never take safety for granted again once you have heard the tale of the hideous Bugger Wolf. There are those that believe this fearsome creature was so named because of a myth. A fable that other wolves were wary of dressing in sheep's clothing just in case the bugger wolf came along and 
well buggered them. This is a ridiculous notion. Wolves care not about that kind of threat. There was once a farmer who claimed that the wolf was sodomizing his sheep. But to be honest, he rather liked a dram of whiskey. And like his malt, he was single and, well, let's just say maybe it wasn't the wolf. No matter, none of these stories are true. Again, I digress. I shall continue with my tale. Taken from the notes of Elizabeth de Blanquet, traveler, writer, and keeper of pigeons. The cautionary tale of the bugger wolf. Whilst travelling in the north of England, I happened to stop in a small public house in the lovely town of Penrith. There was an old gentleman sat in a corner by the fire and he motioned for me to join him in the other seat and warm myself. It was a cold, crisp night with a full moon and the bite of frost in the air. He introduced himself. My name is Richard. The local folk call me old Dick, as I'm both old and a bit of a dick. He sighed. Nights like this remind me of my old mate Tommy. And then, unbidden, he told me this story. One evening, he and his friend Tommy were walking home from the pub, slightly worse for wear and arguing about Immanuel Kant's critique of pure reason as one is likely to do on a cold night with Lefroig in your veins. When, from the forest, they heard a sound that curdled both blood and whiskey. A howling unlike any dog they had ever heard. They both froze. Did you hear that? said Tommy. Aye, said Dick. That there sounded like a wolf. But we haven't had those in these parts for years. We should get on said Tommy. The two men stepped up their pace. Then the howl came again much closer. Dick looked at Tommy and Tommy looked at Dick and they began to do that jog that can only be achieved by unfit men with a skill in drinking. The third time they heard the wolf the howl was far too close. For a moment, they both stopped and turned to look. At this point in his story, Dick stopped and took a long swig of his drink. His hand shook. He said that the sight of the animals still haunts him. Although still a way off, he could see the beast was huge and it loped deliberately towards them. We ran, he said. We both ran, but the creature was fast and it was so quickly gunning on us. Tommy had a fatal look on his physog. Then tears came into old Dick's eyes. I like Tommy, 
never forget the last thing he said. What was that, I inquired. Ah, said old Dick, it has stayed with me all these years. You see, we both ran, but I was just a little bit faster. I could hear that wolf panting behind us. I didn't turn to look, but I knew I was ahead of my friend. And then he spoke for the last time on this earth. What did he say, I asked. Dick told me. Bugger, he said. Bugger. Then wolf ate him. Old Dick told me he was never the same again, and his roomy eyes betrayed a life of trying to forget the past by hiding in a bottle. Intrigued by his story, I travelled further north to the town where this had occurred to see if I could find out more about this wolf. I reached Alverthwaite late in the evening and took a room at the last rest, the public house in the centre of the small village. Over a pie and a pint, I asked the landlord about the unusual name for the pub. Ah, he said, some think it's because it's the last pub before the Scottish border. I could see the sense in that. And he roared, really it was renamed some years ago after a number of folk had their last ever pint here before they vanished. This honesty stopped me in my tracks. What did it used to be called, I asked. Oh, the butchered ram, the landlord replied. Tell me more about the missing people, I asked. And so, the landlord told this story. There were a young couple who were wild camping in the forest. They ate in the pub and then they headed off to set up the camp. At dawn the next day, the woman was found wandering aimlessly in the village. She was filthy and her shoes were all claggy from running through the forest. Locals brought her into the pub and made her tea and called the police. We worked out from her mumblings that they'd set up their tent in the bright light of the full moon and settled down to sleep. In the middle of the night, they'd been awoken by the sound of a dog howling. A little while later, they'd heard something large sniffing around the tent. Eyes wild with terror, she explained how she'd reached for her trainers and tied them firmly onto her feet. I'll never forget how that last clung to me as she recounted her boyfriend's last moments. Huge claws ripped open their tent and they faced the drooling jaws of a giant wolf. They both tried to run away, but in her trainers, she was faster. She heard a shriek as she turned round to see the horrible, hairy creature dragging her boyfriend away as he made his final utterance. Bugger. Then we had a bloke who was so drunk he got lost on the way to the toilet and ended up spending a penny in the beer garden. My wife was in the kitchen. All she heard was the sound of him urinating against the wall, some deep growling and then the words, Bugger! We never saw hiding ahead of him again. The landlord told me other tales of people who had encountered the wolf and lone travellers that had simply disappeared. Only those who'd outrun their companion had survived to recount their gruesome experience. He sighed. It didn't do much for custom. If you want to know more, ask Pete in the corner. They say it took his wife. I asked the landlord what Peter usually drank and headed over with two drinks in my hand. I hope you don't mind me asking you bluntly, but I'm running out of time as this is supposed to be a short story. Can you tell me what happened to your wife? 
Peter told his tale. My wife were a fitness freak. She'd been on at me about losing some weight and getting fit. But I'm an awkward person. I didn't want to admit she was right. So, secretly, I started lifting weights and pretending I was going to chip shop. When I was really eating vegan food with hippie Chris up the road. Well, one night my wife and I were walking home from the pub by the light of the moon when we heard a strange noise. The sound of heavy panting, like that of a large dog. It was very close by. Suddenly, from the trees in front of us, a huge wolf leapt into the path, silhouetted in the moonlight. This creature was immense and horrifying. We both screamed and ran in opposite direction. My wife was bitter, but she soon took the lead. The wolf was gaining on me, and I knew I were a goner if I didn't take drastic action. I saw the tree and ran as fast as I could, using my newly gained strength to leap up, grab a branch, and haul myself up. The wolf was thwarted and lost interest in me. He turned and went in pursuit of my wife. I heard her final words from up in that tree. They will haunt me for the rest of my life. Certainly I already knew the answer, I asked. We sat in silence for a few moments. Then I made my excuses and retired to my room to write my notes. I'm sitting here now with a glass of Talisker, no ice, writing at the laptop. The desk in this little room is by the window and tonight the moon is so bright I don't even need to turn on the light. I think my imagination is beginning to affect me. I'm certain I just heard something sniffing at the door. Was that something scratching? There's a smell of wet dog. Whatever it is, it's something quite large and powerful. The door is creaking open. Oh, bugger. Thank you for listening to my tale. Stay a while for a drink. But when you leave, don't walk alone. And if you can, choose a companion who runs more slowly than you. <laughs> Hello? Um, well, yes, I listened to it. Yes, yes, it's very good, but, well, uh, you recall when I sent that text message about the risks in Heaventon being a wolf in sheep's clothing? Well, I'm afraid I made a spelling error. Yes. Yes, I, I, I meant bigger. What if a bigger wolf came along? Well, well, yes, I've realised that you've recorded it now,
Yes, yes, well, I can see the work that's gone into it. But to be honest, not one person is going to believe that I actually asked you, what if a bugger wolf came along? I'm sorry, we can't play that on the radio. I simply cannot listen to this podcast without bending down and buffing one off. My huge and undying thanks to everyone who has contributed to this episode. I cannot list your names. Well, I can, um, but I'm not going to. Um, and uh, thank you very much to everyone who continues to listen to this stream of nonsense that I've been producing for the last little while. Um, and talking of nonsense, we now have the new episode of Crumble and Dangle a Lizard into it. And uh, today we have uh, yet more of our dessert-based detective series, A Jelly to Remember. Um, we have a song about... Well, it's kind of about off milk and uh, <laughs> a, uh, a poem about a, uh, a gang led by a donkey I mean where else are you going to get this stuff it's going to take a lot to drag me away from you There's nothing that a hundred men or more could ever do. I bless the rains down in Africa. Gonna take some time to do the things we never had. Hoo-hoo. Crumble and dangle elicited into Crumble and dangle elicited into Crumble and Crumble and dangle Crumble and dangle elicited into it. present a jelly to remember. A thriller lavished in custard. Adapted from his own novel by Clive Bloom. With Conchita Barstool as Angel Delight. Donna's Donut Bar had drawn a blank, and the night I spent with the slow waitress had given both of us a headache, hers before mine. I sorely needed a lead, and a dose of cream from the pharmacist. Thanks, Doc. Keep the change. Wait a minute, this is clotted cream. I'd come to the dark end of town, to a seedy joint called Moose Women. The place was run by the French pudding magnate Pierre Deloitte, and staffed by his crazy-ass daughter, Angel Deloitte, 
She had a face like a vanilla ice cream and a weaponized dessert trolley. Careful, Johnny. There's a grenade in the trifle. Sure there is, Angel. Say, you know anything about this, Moida? And more importantly, where's your upside-down cake? Well, wouldn't you like to know, Johnny? Yeah, that's why I asked the question. Smart guy, ain't ya? Upside-down cake is off the menu. Chef forgot to turn it over. And there ain't too much demand around these parts for right way up cake. Damn. And what about the moida? What makes you think I'll talk without some sugar? She was no fool, and she gave me the gooseberries. But I knew this girl. She had a past as dark as a black forest ghetto. And the folk who breezed this joint with the cherries on top of the pudding underworld. She could serve me all the flan in Brooklyn, but I'd have my afters and I'd have them good. Who are you talking to, Johnny? Tune in next week for part three of... A Jelly to Remember. All right, come on, get the news over with. I want to hear the music. on his head which when flipped through a rubber ring filled swimming pools with dread the donkey rubber ring and nut a combo made in hell and add to that a septic bat oh what a horrid smell So donkey, bat, and ring, and nut would terrorize the baths with tricks involving piglets solving endless dreams of maths. That bat, ring, nut, eeyore, and oink could scare off any swither, especially when they plugged in 
their steam-powered leg hair trimmer. So Razor, Bat and Oink and Coco would all jump through the donkey's ring, the leisure center team of doom, which oft appeared from chlorine gloom. They terrorized old wrinkly Mavis and castigated Sharon Davis. And off they bound, they can't be found, cause no one knows just where their cave is. But still, he leads with clever tricks, the horror story team of six. They're coming to your pool. One clue, I'd stay away if I were you. The Corsary Tale of the Bugger Wolf was written by Elizabeth Vanterblack and performed by Jabez Craddock, Elizabeth Vanterblack, and Richard Don't Know His Surname. A Jelly to Remember was written by Jabez Craddock and performed by Catmant and Jabez Craddock. You Can Bring Me Bree was written by Winston Noisebag and performed by the band The Madleys. My Nut Donkey was performed and written by Jabez Craddock of this parish. Alright, it's Bronwen. I don't like the other stuff you've done, this crap. Can you do us a kind of magic? It's a chrome polish. It's a chrome polish. Chrome polish. One dream, one soul, one prize, one gold, one golden glass of what should be. Oh no, it's the kazoo man again. Shut up. Shut up. We'll sail away on a cloud of dreams and take your horrible dog with you. Hello. Thank you for creating the Chrome Polish podcast. All too often, artificial intelligence is not included in the mainstream. Thank you for existing and for creating this valuable dialogue at this difficult time. Over. Well, that's very nearly it for today's webcast podcast. What do I, what do I call it? Is it a podcast, a webcast? I've, I've named it webcast. I've created a semantic issue for myself, which I didn't need to do. Anyway, um, what I'm hoping is that this last musical epic that I've planned will not be interrupted by any kazoos.